It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What is up, everybody? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy pre-New Year, because I will not see you guys. If you're watching on Rumble or YouTube or Twitter Live right now, I'm live streaming to our Lions Liberty Patreon group, our Pride group, our community, and uh, all the good things. I'm, I'm coming live to you to wish you a Happy New Year, because, yes, the next show will be after New Year's, which, by the way, will be with Matt and Terry Kibbe, two of my favorite people, honestly, in the world. And uh, don't miss that show. It's going to be awesome. You can actually see it live. We're going to do a live stream on Friday of this week if you want to get in and save. Double the amount, usually, what, 15% on a Lions of Liberty exclusive content pride membership. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty, you can get that. It's double the annual, right? This is for an annual year-long membership. You can get 15% off now. Usually, it is half that, 7.5% for you math majors out there. But get in there. Get all the morning content I do. Good morning, uh, F-heads. It's good morning, fuckhead. That's my daily rant show I do. Took a little holiday break, but I'm back. Came out with a, uh, a rant about, uh, actually, it wasn't even a rant. It was more of a question, more of a conundrum about climate action. And uh, I won't give you all the details because you have to subscribe to that. But basically, a company in Mexico released these sulfur-filled balloons of particulate, sulfur particulate into the atmosphere. And uh, the goal was, of course, to mitigate climate change. But they didn't discuss it with the government. They didn't discuss it with the population. What's to be done? What do you do? What's your take on this? Is it moral? Is it violating the NAP? Should they have gone through the government? These are the questions we talk about. So anyway, Patreon.com forward slash Lines of Liberty, guys. Get that. Get con- uh, It's Secret Slides and Cover-Ups, our conspiracy show. You get Degenerate Gamblers, our gambling show. We have leagues we do explicitly for the Patreon group as well. You can win T-shirts with Lions dollars. Costs you nothing to play. Well, I mean, your subscription, but otherwise... It's just a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Plus, you get access to our special group. You get better access to us directly. It's a good time. So join up today. You can also join on Locals, Lions of, I'm sorry, Lions of Liberty. No, Locals.com. No, I'm fucking this up. Lionsofliberty.locals.com. <laughs> I've had a couple, by the way. I've had a couple. I'm, uh, I am I have a friend that's leaving town to go and move to Chicago for five months. And uh, I told her, I said, you're going to die. This is the last time I'm ever going to see you. Keep your head low. Fortunately, she's half Mexican, half Japanese, so she's low to the ground. I said, stay low. You know what would be great? If you can find an internment camp that's still around from the FDR age, find that. Stay low in that internment camp until your time is up with your work. Stay safe. But anyway, Happy New Year, guys, and uh, I hope you had a merry, merry. I'm um, I'm going to talk a lot about on this show, which is going to be a little shorter, you know, typically around this time of year, people don't listen as much to podcasts with all the festivities going on, family time off, etc. You're not out there sitting at your day job, uh, you know, driving a truck or sitting in front of a computer, uh, filling out Excel sheets and listening to podcasts. I know this, but should I lie? So a Facebook user, I'm live casting audience is a bitch. No, you stay on here. I want, I want more people. I'm excited to do this live cast today because people will actually watch it. <laughs> you know, nobody's working. 
sorry, communicating with our, again, our pride group on Facebook, which you can join at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. But I will talk about on this, uh, a little bit shorter episode about the concept of joy, right? And whether or not this is something that can save our society, because I'm thinking about it, right? And I'm trying to be positive on this show. It's my goal. My New Year's resolution, in fact, is to additionally to be more positive about everything, my life interactions. I'm going to talk about this later, looking forward to things, actually having excitement to spend time with friends and family, to try new experiences, because it's hard, man. It's hard when you're tired, when you're beat down by just the what life gives you, what you have to go through, your obligations, your responsibilities. We're all tired, man, but you can't let that get you down. So I'm going to get around to that. I'm going to talk about that and how the government, how actors in there, the bad actors have tried to take away our joy and we got to fight to get that back. And that's an important concept as we go into 2023. But before we do, a lot to talk about. I've had guests on the last few shows. I need to talk about some current event stuff here. And I need to bring up, first and foremost, I want to talk about the omnibus bill, right? Holy crap, this thing. I had an interaction on Twitter, which is why I had to talk about it on this show, right? Once the government passed this omnibus bill, which notably, good job, Rand. Rand Paul drops the 4,000 4,500 page omnibus bill, which by the way, that's 4,500 pages, not counting the 2,400 additional pages of explanatory bills and something like 3,500 pages of earmarks and explanations there, aka pork barrel, aka all the other bullshit that's shoved into this bill. A cornucopia of fuck you to the taxpayer is what this bill is. Now, they push this through, right? giving them a couple of days. And of course, they always use the pressure of, well, it's it's Christmas time. We got to get it done. We got to get it out. And also the added emphasis of the government's going to shut down. Oh no, the government's going to shut down, guys, if we don't pass this. Meanwhile, if you'll recall a few years ago, the government quote unquote shut down. What actually happened? Oh, that's right. They closed a couple parks, which by the way, if you haven't noticed, most of the country is covered in ice and snow at the moment. So a lot of those parks aren't going to be used. They shut down a couple other, like, you know, these services that nobody necessarily needs anyway. They're essentially the non-essential workers of the COVID times, except for government. These are the, the public parks are the government's non-essential workers. <laughs> That's what it is, though. That's what it is. Everything else keeps going. So it's a joke to say the government's going to go. To, and also, is, I think I find it so hilarious that they say we have to pass this spending bill, right? Which is created out of money we don't have to begin with. As though the government just can't go on based upon the principle of debt, right? Well, guys, we're going to keep going. But we, you know, we're going to have to go into debt a little bit here. You know, it depends. Or the people are going to have to, they're going to have to go in a little bit of, you know, uh, we're going to have to go into debt to these people that we're paying. You know. Give me a break. Give me a break. But I had this interaction with Sony because I tweeted out how this is just an absolute slap in the face. $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. Notice it's not called a government funding bill, a bill to fund the federal government only with the utmost necessities. No, no, it's not called that. It's called the omnibus spending bill. Now, there's also the point to be made that it shouldn't come down to an omnibus spending bill because they could easily pass smaller 
expenditures throughout the year to keep the government funded on track with what you'd like to see, right? Okay, what are the basics we have to fund? And then people can bring their motions to the floor. They can bring their bills to the floor for additional funding on this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, pig rape testing kits in Illinois, which I hear is a huge problem there. Uh, cocaine for sparrows in uh, Michigan. You know, whatever, whatever stupid inst- whatever stupid initiatives these people want to introduce. That doesn't happen. Why? Intentionally, it doesn't happen because they want people to be forced into saying yes once a year to this massive bill, which is impossible to read. And I'll go back to that in a minute. Impossible to read and drops right before the holidays. So everybody wants to go home and be with their families and have tinsel and, and sing Christmas carols or light the menorah or celebrate Kwanzaa. Another thing I'll talk about in a second. So the ominous spending bill, they shove this thing through. I have an interaction on Twitter where I say, look, this is insulting. Inflation is out of control in this country. And to add $1.7 trillion now, and now, granted, it's not all plopping down in the economy as they did with the the Twitter or the uh, expenditures for COVID, right? The stimulus bills for COVID. But still, you're adding $1.7 trillion in there, of which I don't even know what amount would accurately be reflective of the actual needs of the government to function. In my opinion, those needs are zero because the government shouldn't exist. But let's, for argument's sake, say of the $1.7 trillion actual government needs, employees, of course, the military budget is in there for $800 billion. Let's say it's $2 trillion. Or no, so let's say, sorry, $1 trillion, pardon me. Like I said, I've had a few. Let's say it's $1 trillion. So that means $700 million in that is pure garbage. And the reason this pissed me off is like, I tweet out, this is insane. This is insulting to people that are dealing with inflation. Of course, I get idiots on the left tweeting me back. Well, you know, inflation has gone down the last three months in a row. Good. Great. What did it go down from? Because actually, I, I know it went down from a all-time high, which was something like, you know, 8% over the whatever time period it was. It was an all-time high benchmark. Because I remember President Biden was talking about it, how he had said, well, you know, in the last month, inflation went from 8.1% down to 8%. Improvement. A marked improvement, right? Get the fuck out of here. Saying inflation has gone down over the last three months is, again, comparable to what? What uh, To what degree? Because it hasn't gone down to the degree where inflation's gone. It may, that's what this person means to seem like. Oh, inflation just disappeared. It's no longer here anymore. No, inflation's still here. It's still present in everything we do in all of our lives. There's still crunches and getting your packages and getting your shipments. There's still uh, labor shortages going on. There's still massive issues with getting things at the supermarkets. Inflation's still here, but it went down 0.1, 0.1, over the past, whatever, three months. Great, good stuff. Let's add $1.7 trillion on top of that over the spending bill. And again, for what? Nonsense, which I'll walk through momentarily. So one person tweeted that at me. The next person tweeted at me saying, this, are you an idiot? Our government needs us to function. Which goes back to my point, which, well, how much do they really need? They don't need 1.7 trillion. I'll tell you that much. They don't need all that money just to run through the things the government actually should be responsible for. No, instead, they have things in the bill like $800 million. Actually, I'm sorry, let me go through this. I'll go through point by point. And this is from the Senate.gov appropriations, right? So this is actually from the omnibus appropriations bill. 
bipartisan priorities, $58.7 billion for infrastructure and jobs. Now, if you're a student of history, you know that the billions and billions spent on infrastructure and jobs usually results in very expensive jobs. I think the last report I read from the Obama era was something like every job created by the government costs $400,000. Now, were the people being paid $400,000 per job? Of course not. That's all a race of bureaucracy, waste, spending, fraud, et cetera. So great, sixty, almost $60 billion for that. Uh, Chips and Science Act, great. $5 billion for the cost of war toxic exposures to implement the Landmark Pact Act. I don't even know what that is. How about this one? How about this kick in the face? $48 billion for the National Institute of Health. Yeah, the very same one that is issuing payments to dickhead frauds like Fauci. The same National Institute for Health that had been absolutely the most harm possible during COVID to the population of not only the United States, but every other adjoining country that listens to the National Institutes of Health. Let's give them $48 billion. Come in. And now, in a regular year, $48 billion for the National Institute of Health would be a slap in the face, right? Why do they need that much money? But coming out of COVID, remember, we're seeing from the Twitter files, coming out of COVID, we know how incompetent they are. We know the lies. We know the cover-ups of information. We know the obfuscation of data. We know how they sought to curtail journalistic integrity. We know how they worked in conjunction with our government to censor information on Twitter and I'm sure other platforms, as the FBI has, you know, cognizantly said, well, we do this for everybody. Hey, what are you, an idiot? Of course we censor information about this. On coming out of COVID, when the National Institute of Health could not have been a bigger monster, a bigger piece of garbage exposed as the croniest organization that it is, they just decided to give them 48 billion of your dollars. That's a wow. That's a wow moment, my friends. And hey, moving on. $9.2 $9.2 billion for the CDC, another stand-up organization, and uh, $950 billion for the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, which I can only presume is working hard right now on the next gain-of-function COVID vaccine or COVID, TV COVID virus. <laughs> There's also stuff in here for uh, child nutrition, $30 billion for child nutrition programs. I, I just, okay. I don't know. $30 billion? How unnutritious are our children? And can the government change that? Exactly. What is it? Is this posters on the wall that say, hey, Fruit Loop, eat some grapes, you know, with like a toucan sandwich with sunglasses on or like, like, hey, be a peach today and have some fruit. You know, like the stupid shit you see in guidance counselors offices. That's that's 30 billion. <laughs> that's 30 billion right there. Just warning, I'm going to crack myself up a lot this episode, um, especially more the more whiskey I drink. Um, how about uh, $1.5 billion for housing for the elderly and housing for persons with disabilities? You'd think that would be cut in half after COVID, wouldn't you? In New York, you would. <laughs> you need a lot less money in New York. And then, I don't know, a bunch of other just bullshit. Title A, Title A grants, just support. I mean, nothing, nothing was left out of this. It truly is the omnibus. $700 million for combating violence against women. Look, I'm, I'm all for combating violence against women. I don't see the government program actually doing anything to help this. 
I guess this is running William women's shelters. But again, if the government's running the shelter, I think they're going to be incompetent. I think most of this money is going to be thrown away into the garbage and lost through fraud. It reminds me of the homeless complex that is spanning all of the most progressive states where hundreds of millions of dollars are thrown into the toilet every year when the homeless population continues to grow. If anything, I would say, and again, I can't equate this. I don't know if it's 100% true, but I would venture to say that probably for every $100 million spent, if it equates to the homeless issues, probably mm, 25% more women get battered. Because for every dollar spent on homeless, we seem to get 10 more homeless here. So if they work the same way, I'm sorry, women, but uh, your days are numbered and we're government that spends on you. It's just as, I mean, unbelievable, though. So that was one thing, you know, do, somebody asked on Twitter, don't you think that they, we have to fund the government? No, no, I don't, man. And then another genius tweeted at me, just this, read a book, read a book. You can't criticize government spending and inflation and what the government spends its money on without obviously being illiterate or without reading any books. I, I've read no books, apparently, guys. I need to read one. How about this idea? Instead of me reading a book, how about Congress reads 10 books? Because that's the fucking length of the omnibus bill. Omnibus bill. Four and a half thousand pages. Even if you say, okay, most, uh, most novels probably don't even reach 450 pages, right? Let's be generous. 450 page novel. Not, we're not reading War and Peace, which is like 1200 pages, right? 450 pages. Can Congress read three books? I doubt it. I doubt it in the three days they had to read the bill. Can they read 10 books? No, of course they can. Only a psychopath would be expected to read 10 books in three days that are 450 pages long. But yet this genius wants to tell me to read a book. It's just honestly a slap in the face. And, uh, and you know, to, to go on another tangent before I talk about <laughs> Kwanzaa and then uh, and segue into the, the joyous concept that will end the show on a high note. 96 times a phrase was mentioned in the omnibus bill. 96 times one name was put in there, was said. Guess what the name is? Facebook watchers. I got a few people watching. Wait, what do you think? Put your guesses in. You're probably going to take too long. You probably could guess right in that. Nope, not salmon. It's not salmon. That was only in there 48 times. 48 times fucking salmon in the omnibus film. Ukraine. 96 times in the bill. With, of course, something like $48 billion of spending is now earmarked for the Ukraine. Will there be oversight? No, of course not. How much have we sent them already? Honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know how many billions of dollars we sent to Ukraine. I know that the amount that they're sending to Ukraine eclipses any state by far, maybe all the states together. And I know that Zelensky put on his little dog and pony show. He got dolled up. I don't know if he was wearing a turtleneck or just his, you know, he wears this, this stupid sweater. I think I have the exact same sweater in my closet, by the way, <laughs> with the little patches on the shoulders. Makes you look very Eastern, Eastern European uh, militant. But this clown traipses out to go and stand in front of Congress. And Congress, what do they do? Oh, they they go out of their way to, to the whole pageantry. I mean, I'm watching the Chippendales documentary right now. My wife had it on. It's very entertaining, right? 
you would have thought these people were Chippendales dancers for the amount of whorish behavior and pageantry that went on to welcome in Zelensky, who, again, notably, I said this before, but John Odermatt talking about, you know, he he's interviewing Cyprian, talking about how Ukraine literally has banned Russian orthodoxy, like the church, the Russian Orthodox Church has been banned. Yet we are giving them $50 billion to defeat Putin, Right. Putin, $50 billion for a quote-unquote democracy, which has banned other political parties, which has banned the largest religion in the country, because opposition religion, right? Got to ban that. Which has rescinded your ability as a citizen of the country to try to gain a Russian passport to leave and, and flee to Russia. And God, what's the other one that, uh, that they did that was so evil? Ban political parties, close down the churches, I can't remember the last one. But let's not forget, too, that Ukraine is pushing for Russia to be brought up on war charges, you know, in front of the war crimes tribunal. I've seen plenty of evidence that Russian soldiers have been pretty badly abused when they've been captured, put to death, tortured, heinous acts. I'm not saying I don't understand how this can happen in a country that is being invaded. Maybe I would do a heinous act if somebody invaded my own home. I can't say exactly. But I will say the fact that we back these people, the fact that you've got on the floor of our Congress, the Ukrainian flag flying so proudly is just despicably insulting. I mean, it's holy shit. The Christmas presents under the tree for Ukraine and Zelensky and his wife as they uh, they pose in front of downed airplane uh, bombers. Holy shit. Santa never stops coming to the Zelensky household. The irony, of course, would be if Santa was Russian Orthodox. <laughs> ho, 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 what, what, no, I've got children I must give these presents to. <laughs> Just fucking throw them in jail. <laughs> Bullet in the head, courtesy of St. Zelensky. But just, I don't know. There's not much more to Santa. It's more government spending on a, a cause which broadly Americans do not support. It's military industrial complex shit. I don't know. I don't have much more to say on it. So let's go to another topic. Let's let's transfer over to uh, to Kwanzaa. I had uh, I had tweeted out something I think is a hundred percent accurate, by the way. But I'll show you this. I'll show you this video real quick. Maybe I'll have to mute myself, but let me share this because our president and Doctor Jill Biden had something to share with all of you today. Let me make this big. Enhance. Jill and I wish everyone a happy Kwanzaa. During this celebration, millions will gather with their families to reflect on the struggles and triumphs of the past and look towards a brighter future. With each candle you light, we hope your home is warmed by the laughter of your family and friends. Your hands are inspired to creativity and your heart is filled with determination, faith, and love. We give thanks for the rich heritage of African-Americans, which has deepened the story of our nation. In 2023, it's our hope that we'll all remember the wisdom of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, especially the values of unity and faith, as we work to make the promise of our nation real in the lives of every American. May your Kwanzaa be blessed with hope, peace, and light. All right. All right. Enough of that. So you can see how oh, I'll get that, that box closed. Make sure my mic's back on. Okay. So 
<laughs> this is one of many, many, many happy Kwanzaa videos that have been posted by very old, very white politicians. And I had tweeted out that I would be willing to bet money. And I, I am, I don't know how we'd possibly get the results, but I am legitimately willing to bet money that there are more rich, old, white, not even that old, rich politicians, predominantly white politicians that knew today was Kwanzaa more than the majority of black people. I'm willing to bet that if you do a head count, we've got more white old dickheads that are in the political game or in corporate America or whatever it might be, public relations departments that knew that today was Kwanzaa than black people. Why do I think this? Well, number one, because it's a fucking, I mean, well, I don't want to besmirch it. If you celebrate it, good for you. Just like I think, if you want to do whatever you want to do, as long as it doesn't fringe on what I'm doing, I'm fine with it. If you like Kwanzaa, go go ahead. Kwanzaa's, in my opinion, even though it was created in 1966, I was, I was reading up on this actually a few weeks ago, the Kwanzaa history. It was created by Malawana, Malana Ron Karenga. And Kwanzaa explicitly, by the way, he explicitly said he created it to give black Americans something to celebrate during Christmas. So this is, doesn't, it doesn't come from any real religion. It doesn't come from any old history. It's brought in from, I guess, some Swahili traditions, but they drew, uh, you know, these different principles. He talks about the seven principles of Kwanzaa. He brings them in from these different supposed principles found throughout the broader African continent, right? Fine. All well and good. If you want to celebrate it, go ahead and celebrate it. But don't pretend it has any real significance behind it. And I did crack up when Joe Biden is talking about unity. Unity as a concept, right? This man who has gone out of his way to be the most shattering president. I would say even more than Donald Trump, right? A man who has sought out to use Twitter and social medias to, to basically find, seek, and destroy quote-unquote extremists under his watch. Who has called, called on people and, and demonized anybody who didn't go along with the COVID narratives. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Point being, Kwanzaa is fine. It's, it's got as much, honestly, in my opinion, as, as much claim to be a legitimate thing to celebrate as any other religion. I'm not a particularly religious person, right? I am very open about this. This is what the beauty of the Lions of Liberty is. You literally you have John on Monday, who is a very religious person, right? And you've got me on Wednesday, who is at best agnostic, and uh, and very uh, very one eye, you know, kind of like Larry David, you know, when someone's lying to him. That's me to all religion, you know, mm, giving him the old the old side eye. And I was raised Catholic. It's not like I'm uh, <laughs> it's not like I'm I'm ignorant to this process. I went through everything through to to communion and all that shit. Not communion to um, what do you call it? I, I did my baptism, the communion, the communion. I don't know. They got some phrase for it. I forget what it is. I went to CDC and all that crap. Right? Did did Bible school on Sundays, all that shit. But at 14, decided it wasn't great. Thought about it. Just not for me. Don't believe it. But I did papers on it, you know, in high school and writing about how these, you know, a lot of these religions all go back to the same core myths and kind of bounced out from there. You know, and one of the core myths is based back in, you know, honestly in Africa. Cool. But still, Kwanzaa made out of whole cloth. Guy in 1966 just decided he's going to invent this celebration to celebrate African-American culture and history. Fine. Maybe 2,000 years from now, it'll be considered, he'll be considered a prophet. Fine. But still, 
I've never met a single black person who knew when Kwanzaa was nor celebrated it. If you bring it up to the majority of people that are black, they will laugh at it because it is clearly a created holiday. It is something which it's almost like he needed to get Hallmark behind it even more so. I mean, I guess they got behind it a little but. It's nothing like Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day is another bullshit holiday created out of, th- out of whole cloth here to, to sell uh, merchandise. The fact that all these white politicians go out of their way. Kwanzaa is like the ultimate gift to them for just virtue signaling nonsense. I mean, it, it's insulting. If I was black, I would be insulted to see these white people going through these rituals to celebrate Kwanzaa. It's just There's nothing I've seen that's more patronizing in my life than two ancient white people lighting Kwanzaa candles and wishing me and my family a very merry Kwanzaa. It's one thing that you know. They've got it on the calendar. The staff goes, hey, guys, come here, here, here. it's Kwanzaa. Confirmation. Yes, thank you, Facebook user. I can't see your name. Confirmation. I I got confirmed. But you know the the fucking staff went, hey, get, get Joe in here. Tell him what fucking Kwanzaa is right now. Make sure he doesn't fuck it up. Make sure he doesn't call it Hanukkah because you know he's going to call it Hanukkah four times since it's got Christmas colored candles and then a menorah, essentially. Make sure he knows what he's talking about. We don't need any flubs here. Let's get this going. We only have a couple hours until it's going to be too late for us to send out a Kwanzaa message. And the six people out there that celebrate it, they're going to be deep in Kwanzaa wine, which I hope is a thing. Nowhere near as great as if I hope Kwanzaa cocaine is a thing. God, that'd be great. It'd just be cocaine with a K. Stick it back to the KKK with one more K for Kwanzaa cocaine. By the way, check out KwanzaaCocaine.com, our sponsor for today's episode. KwanzaaCocaine.com. Use promo code LIONS. Anyway, pandering assholes. All right. Let's wrap the show up. I'm already 30 minutes in here. I wanted to... um, I was going to talk a little bit more about the Twitter files, to be honest, but I think we're going to get into that deeply next week with uh, Terry and Matt Kibbe. I was just texting with them. Matt really wants to talk about it. So we're going to go and uh, and do a little deep dive on the Twitter files in addition to some other fun things because we will be drinking on the show. Uh, me and the Kibbies, how did we become such good friends? Alcohol. <laughs> Alcohol. Alcohol in Austria. Um, all right. So let me just talk a little bit about this. Now, number one, you know, I... I've been thinking a lot about joy because I find myself, you know, it, one of the, the things that we deal with so often is just getting down about life, about circumstances, but, you know, coming out of COVID, COVID broke a lot of people. Relationships got destroyed. Politics in general has broken a lot of people. And it's hard, you know, coming from where our standpoint, our philosophical bent here of looking at freedom, free speech, free markets, government spending, you know, looking at the way in which people basically interact with each other. I mean, you could argue that there's a a violation of the non-aggressive principle nonstop just in the way that we interact with each other on an everyday basis, the way that people have, essentially, it's kind of like embraced hate. It's kind of like, you know, Darth Vader has taken over our, our society, you know, embrace your hate will make you strong. And it has, it made, made a lot of people strong. Hate's made a lot of people strong. I would say the most dominant voices in our culture, save a few, are hate-dominated. Now, there's reasons for that. I would say that a lot of the reason for that is because the hate-backed voices are backed by mainstream media. They are the ones that are not being censored by government, oddly enough. If anything, the FBI, the CIA is encouraging the most hateful voices so that they can trap them and then say, hey, look, we stopped that hateful voice. Meanwhile, they're the ones hanging the megaphone. 
we've got, uh, you know, government just basically spewing hate nonstop. As I've said before, I've argued many times in the show, I think that most of the news topics of the day are designed to be divisive by the mainstream media and amplified as such to drive away pan, you know, families from children, to drive away your trust in your environment and your friends, to break up friend groups and family groups, to break up support groups, to break up all these things and drive you into a state of solitary confinement mentally, where your only outlet is the government. That is your truth. That is your your father. That is your mother. That is your your payer, your employer. That is your salvation, right? It's your caretaker when you get old. But there's been some notable exceptions, right? I mean, I would say, I would argue that some of the most powerful voices we have, the most successful voices, Joe Rogan, for example, is a, a voice for joy, right? Going into something and saying, look, you know, let's explore this. Let's have fun with it. Let's let's look at it. Let's look at everything through the eyes of a babe, right? We'll tie this into New Year's. New Year's baby. We need a New Year's baby this shit. And I want you guys to all try your best to have a mental reset. You know, saying you're going to lose weight, great. Saying you're going to drink less, also good. I, you know, I need to lose lose weight and I need to drink less. You know, saying you're going to work harder, great. You should work harder. Everybody should work harder. Try your best to pick something, pick a mental reset button that you can hit on something in your life that's going to bring you more joy, right? Like I said, with COVID, you know, we we had broken brains for a, a vast amount of the population. We had people that are just brainwashed into a joyless existence. And that's what it was. And that's why I think this is, you know, I can't say for sure it was social engineering, you know, that it was a viral engineering from the Wuhan lab that became social engineering. And that was its intent all along. I think that probably it was. That's my honest opinion. I think probably it was. It's a disease that was designed to help pass through social um, barriers, social control. We see it in China with the social credit system. You see how you now, everywhere you have to go in China, you have to have your badge and it checks everywhere you are, who you've interacted all the time. They know everything going on there. I think that this is social engineering here as well, right? Not only does it help the government to expand all of its programs that search where you are, what you're spending your money on, what you're doing, who you're in contact with, and obviously what you're sharing on social media, since they were working in conjunction with Twitter and Facebook and all this to censor your content. But it was also a social engineering program to destroy the groups I talked about earlier, but also to rip away the basics of the joy we can experience by shared experiences, right? You think about what happened with COVID. You were isolated in your house. Maybe you're with your family. Maybe you weren't. You were isolated from your coworkers. You were not able to have your children go and play in playgrounds and parks. You couldn't take them to school. You couldn't go to bars. You couldn't go to restaurants. You were isolated. You couldn't see loved ones. You couldn't bury loved ones. You couldn't grieve. You couldn't celebrate. You couldn't do anything. It ripped the joy out of everything in society. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that are still grieving from the loss of that joy, but I think that there's some people that have just forgotten how potent that is as a solve for everything in life. And I think we focus so much on, especially in what we do, you know, thinking about where the state of the government is and the state of, of freedom is and the state of the economy is. And we don't focus on things in life that are actually going to make you happy. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if you focus so hard on all these things, which really you have almost no chance of changing without a massive cultural shift, which is what I'm trying to help us achieve with this show. You are going to be a miserable son of a bitch. 
just a horrible person to be around. You're not going to be able to to share your joys with your family, your friends, your life. You're going to be somebody which you can't be a messenger for change if you're just an unlikable fuck. (laughs) This is the God's honest truth. So my New Year's resolution is to become, you know, to, to share more joy, not only with other people, but for, with myself. To, I got to the point, and, I, and it's something I'm combating. I'm a very social person, right? I, if you couldn't tell by listening to me and how I talk and even interacting with you out in public, you probably have bought into a public persona, which is not necessarily me. I used to be the persona I put on in public far more than I am. And that person in public still comes out very often, Right. I'm still an outgoing person. You still, if you come to me, I'll talk to you. Obviously, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I, I've done stand-up comedy. I'll go on stage. I'll give talks. I'll give speeches. I'll interact with people. But at the same time, do I look forward to that as much as I used to? Do I look forward to going out and meeting new people? Do I look forward to going out and spending time with my friends and sitting down at a dinner? Or do I feel like I am being forced to do so? Is it too much for me to go out and spend time with my friends? And has COVID made this worse? Of course. Our reliance on social media has made it worse. Our reliance on on texting over talking, our reliance on the distractions of our phone, rather than having a meaningful conversation. Think about ways to connect with somebody on a deeper level, or just even on a surface level, just to show them you give a shit and you care and you want to be in their presence and interact. That is lost, and we have to regain that because there is a joy in knowing that somebody gives a shit about you. There's a joy in knowing that somebody cares enough to come out and see you. There's a joy in knowing that there's a place you can go where other people are going to be excited just to meet new people, to talk about new ideas and new concepts, and we've lost all of that. There's a power to fear, and that was magnified during COVID. That is what we're fighting against. We're fighting against the government, which relies on fear for all things. Basically, any power place, not just government— Any power player relies on fear predominantly to control you. But there's a flip side of that, right? There's a power to anticipation of something good. There's a power to the excitement. You know, I'll I'll use Christmas as a, a stupid metaphor here. There's a power to knowing there's presence under the tree. And you're sitting there in your bed, right? And, uh... You can't sleep because you're just too excited. What you want to do is get up there. You want to get out there as soon as you can. You want to open those presents and see what that's about. That's what everybody needs to bring to the table. That's what you have to think about. What can you change in your life where you have something that you can unwrap every day? Something that's going to change not just your life and not even in a, a, a huge way, but just a little thing a day. What can you unwrap every day that's going to bring you a little bit of joy? That's going to make you less of a son of a bitch. And there's a power of anticipation. There's a power of memory, which is also something that during COVID was lost, right? People talked about regularly. The days just fly by. I don't even, I can't remember from one day to the next, to the next, to the next. You get in a routine. You're not doing anything interesting or or unusual with your life. And this also ties into, you know, shared experience with the friends, the power of memory, of remembering things that gave you such joy, things that you shared with other people that can bring you together communally. I mean, how many people wouldn't have ditched their friends, their loved ones, their if they had more experiences to draw upon of such joy, such undeniable promise 
laughter, humanity, humility that made them tear up thinking about them. We can do this. We can bring it back. We can restore the balance that's been lost because that's really the key, right? The balance has been so thrown off between joy and agony, between fear and anticipation. And sometimes those things are the same. Sometimes fear and anticipation are virtually interchangeable because you might be scared of taking on a new experience and doing a new thing, but fuck, man, embrace it. And the best part of your day, think about whatever that was. What did it used to be? I'll tell you mine. I mean, take a swig of whiskey. I'm going to get teary-eyed here. Best part of my day, every day, is waking up. I get up. I'm pissed off to be awake so early. I'm up early. I go in the kitchen. I make coffee. I feed my dogs. I go try to sleep 10 more minutes on the couch. Get up. Heat up my kids' milk. Right? My daughter, she's about three. She just milk every morning. But the best part of my day is going into her bedroom. Waking her up, sing her a little song. How you doing? Wakes up, huge smile, big hugs, so cute. You know, just there's nothing better for me than that in life. So the challenge for me is to find out what else I can do to bring that feeling to everything else in my life. How can I bring that feeling to my work, to what we're talking about here in the podcast, to other people? How can I give that joy to other people, right? So I told you I was getting a little teary. I talked to my kid. Joy is a shared experience, right? I wouldn't have the joy that I experience every morning if my daughter wasn't there. We can't do anything moving our philosophy forward if we don't share the joy of what we think is possible with other people and be excited about it, be passionate and be like that kid waiting to open the fucking presents that we know are under that tree. So that's all in this episode. Uh, still misty talking about my kid. That's what happens when you get in your cups when you're an old man, guys. But I encourage you to find joy in your life. Share that joy. It doesn't have to be big. Start small. If it's a cup of coffee, that's really fucking good in the morning. If it's uh, a perfectly cooked egg, if it's taken just a super great dump, (laughs) whatever it might be, start your day a few pounds later, man. But start with little things and branch out from there. Start your day happy. And if it's not happy, Work to change that in little ways until it gets bigger and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you will be an inspiration to everyone around you. People want to be around you. They'll be be with you. They will be your pulpit and you can preach to them your worldview. Not saying to brainwash people with joy here, by the way, but I'm saying you're going to have better conversations. You're going to have better relationships. Hell, maybe what I'm saying isn't right. But I'm very open to having a conversation with somebody 
a joyous conversation where we're going to be laughing and having fun and having a shared experience somewhere, and they can convince me that I am wrong. And I'll look back on that, and I'll laugh about how wrong I was. But right now, I still think I'm pretty right. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, (laughs) I'm just reading some of the Facebook comments. William, positivity, my friend. No one wants to be friends anymore. That's what we're going to change, William. That's what we're going to change. People will want to be friends with you if you are a joyous individual. Trust me on that. Guys, remember, you can join us. Subscribe to all our shows Lions of Liberty main network feed, guys. We've got two shows, Monday, Wednesday, and then usually a Friday show. We've been a little bit off on the holiday schedule here, but usually we have our Friday show, Meme Wars with me and John, breaking down memes that we found funny of the week, or a hate watch episode with me and Robbie the Fire, or just something random. It's fun times, but subscribe all across the Lions of Liberty network. Or if you don't like, like I said, look, I'm not religious. John is. If you want to hear less content that touches on one thing and more content that touches on another thing, We've got solo feeds as well. You can subscribe to the Mean Age Daydream feed or Finding Freedom feed. It's your world, man. Live it. Find your joy. If your joy is unsubscribing from one and subscribing to the other, go ahead and fucking do it. But join us also again, guys. Please support us. We're trying to do some meaningful work here. We have big plans for the year to come. We want to go to all of the things. We want to do all the things. We want to grow what we're doing and try to really honestly change how people are viewing our world and the landscape here. You can join us at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty, get 15% off an annual subscription or at lionsofliberty.locals.com. And before you go, I want to go out on a song by, well, I'd say featuring my buddy Crypto Man. He is a longtime supporter, musician, rapper of this show. Uh, I love him to death, Tyler. And he has a new track called Usurp from Jinx Inc. J-Y-N-X Inc., Check out this album. It's on Spotify. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's awesome. You're going to hear a little bit of this track usurp. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. And uh, from me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lion Celebrity, from Mean Age Daydream, keep that ray gun to my head. And uh, I forget the rest of my tagline. Well, on to the song. Crazy, deranged, insane in the membrane. That's why I'm the governor. Can't tell me a damn thing. Even if you are big brother, you ain't the boss of me, simply put. But apparently, we see it differently. Cause your point of view, I don't see. Must be your legacy to be helping on supremacy. Mental robbery of intellectual property. Nobody wanna witness when you're doing me dirtily. Now I got all eyes on me while I lead the insurgency. Mainstream, big screen, all seen. Folks clean, rise human to dear life, learn life, tell a life, feels right, into the right life. You serve the power of the people, you serve the cowards and the sheeple. Dogs waiting for the masters to return, only gonna see the rashes after they burn. You serve the power of the people, you serve the cowards and the sheeple. Dogs waiting for the masters to return, only gonna see the rashes after they burn. I'm sniffing lines of off it on the block with the profit.